We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi, as we are back again on Mondays, covering the latest fantasy basketball news and breaking down the Sunday box scores for Fantasy Impact, and we're going to give you our early season all-rookie team. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at thefantasyhoopsinsider.com. The RotoWire Fantasy Basketball podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, welcome back from the DFS Players Conference, my man. Yeah, it was a pretty good time over there. Uh, got to see a lot of guys in the industry I don't see all that often. Um, got to meet a couple guys who I've actually never met before and only talked to on Twitter, so that was pretty cool. Um, got to meet our boss, actually, over at RotoWire for the first time, so that was that's that was pretty nice. Mr. Shanky, who pays the bills. That's it. So, uh, you know, pretty pretty good weekend altogether. All right, fair, fair enough. Uh, I, yeah, I ended up uh, meeting him for a brief second uh, over at uh, FSTA over the summer, so that was very cool. So, yeah, some fancy goodness. Go, give us one cool nugget from the Players' Conference that you uh, took away that you can pass on to the fancy listeners. Um. You know what? Honestly, my favorite part might have been listening to Matthew Barry speak. And one of the things that I thought was pretty cool that he said was, you know, when he was in starting out in the fantasy industry, he basically did a little bit of everything until stuff actually, you know, wound up sticking. And he said, you know, if you're any good at this, people will find you. So just keep doing what you're doing and, you know, it'll work out if it's meant to work out. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's very cool. That's good advice for people who've been grinding like uh, you and myself in this industry for quite a while. It gives everybody a, l- a little ray of hope from the fantasy messiah. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, very nice. 
Uh, don't forget the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. All right, Benny. Um, let's go ahead and kick off here with some Sunday box scores. Take a look at uh, you know who made some hay, who made some moves, who picked up minutes, who's slipping, and um, you know as the uh, injury information goes with some of these teams, we'll 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 filter that in as well. So let's go ahead and start uh, with a Sunday game here: the uh, New Orleans Pelicans at the New York Knicks. Uh, your thoughts on this box score? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that stands out is Anthony Davis came back, and he's doing absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side of that, the other thing I noticed is, you know, with Anthony Davis back, that obviously means we're going to have, um, you know, Ryan Anderson moving back to our benches a lot of the time. He was putting up some pretty good numbers when uh, Anthony Davis was out last week. As soon as Davis comes back, he drops down to, you know, 25, 26 minutes, and, you know, still decent, five rebounds, 16 points, but definitely not the you know, stat lines that he was putting up when Davis was out and he was playing 35 minutes. Uh, they also saw Omar Ashik come back. Uh, again, he didn't play a lot of time, only about 12 minutes, but, you know, he's a rebounding machine um, or has been in seasons past. So he's somebody that might be on your waiver wires that if you guys can see out there and you need some help at center. Um, again, he's not going to give you a ton of points, but he is a guy that rebounds when he's right. He's playing a lot of minutes and, you know, he's going to get you 10 to 15 points and he can get you 7 to 10 rebounds a game. And, you know, that's useful out of the center position if you're in a, you know, a deeper league or if you need a backup center. So that's something that I noticed there. Again, you know, guys like Eric Gordon, his numbers took a hit with Anthony Davis back as well. So, you know, if you're able to trade high on some of those guys right now after they had some starts like an Anderson or maybe a Gordon, um, you know, now might be the right time because if Davis is back, it's going to hurt their production. As for the Knicks, um, you know, we saw Carmelo put up some decent points. Their guard play is absolutely horrible. I think the two best guards in the team actually come off the bench for them. Yep, I totally agree. Langston Galloway, yeah. Jerry, and Grant. Doesn't yep. say that. Thank you for saying that. Or like, yeah, I mean, let's. I can't watch this call their own. Well, I mean, Aflalo's back, but even Aflalo, like, what does he give you at this point in his career? You know, um, I don't know. He's probably handles like the majority of the buffet. You know what I'm saying? Because he looks like he's just been packing on pounds every season. Let's do this. Let's put in some GM applications. All right, you can be, um, you know, director of player development. All right, and then I'll be the, uh, you know, the front office guy. And so I'll make sure these mofo's aren't aren't stealing checks from us. And then we can sort of collaborate on who we think are playing minutes, and we'll just do do like Billy Bean. You know, we'll get a, a coach that plays the minutes that we want them to play. You know, it's like just like mm-hmm. how Billy Bean does, just controls the whole thing from. Uh, you know the the, the uh, skybox. So because these, I don't know these coaches, man. Seriously, like I here's the here's the bad part of all this thing. Okay, one, Derek Fisher knows what it's like to be a veteran, right? Who has like rookies coming for his job every year because he was borderline garbage every year, you know? Mm-hmm. And he has to fight off somebody, but you know he's like Kobe likes him and he can knock down a tray, so he plays. And he's like you know whatever scrappyish defender, so. I think Derek Fisher is going to be on the wrong side of everything. Um, You know, just sort of like, oh, got to play my veteran. You know, Vujicic, Mm -hmm. former teammate, got to play a follow. He's a vet, 10 years, understands what we're doing. Rather than just play the more talented players that you should be developing. And you know the Knicks aren't contending right now. I mean, they're doing at least the right thing with Porzingis, right? So why why not just get young and and play, play people who can run and get out there and have more, you know, defensive energy? Like Jerry and Grant should be starting over Jose Calderon right now. Do you don't you agree? I mean, like you said, where where are you going? Like if this was a team that I mean, what I, are the Knicks even like competing for maybe the eighth seed in the playoffs? I, think I mean, they that's are a, right now. That's the problem. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying is that's uh, you know if that's your goal, then you know what you you got problem. You, you should be fired as the GM if that's your goal. I'm sorry. So Langston Galloway, Jerry and Grant, you know, even Porzingis, yeah, they're letting him start, but he's not playing 30 minutes a game. The you know, like let's let these guys play. Porzingis is going to have to bring a, like a can of orange paint with him after every game. I mean, the guy's shooting 38. percent He's chipping the the, the you know uh, the the rim just every other time out there. And I understand. I like the aggressiveness there, but he's shooting 20 percent from three. All right, and this mm-hmm. guy's bombing away. Somebody needs to tell him, listen, you know. Let's work on the shot selection a little bit here, you know. And think about well, here's the other problem too. Like, what if you gave him 30 minutes? What would he shoot? You know, like he would shoot like 31 percent and 15 percent from three or something. Like, it's not good right now. 
But I, but, All right, but let but let me let me ask you this, just to play devil's advocate. Yeah. You look at the other forward on that team who mm-hmm. does actually take twenty something shots a game and is shooting pretty <laughs> much the same percentage and maybe even worse from three. So who's his mentor? You know what I mean? Yeah, like who, you know, he's like, hey, good job, buddy. You yeah, got, like you got that, those shots. Yep, I always said the, the easiest person to, to defend in the league is Carmelo Anthony. So all you have to do is let him keep the ball until the shot clock runs down to five seconds and just run two guys at him because he won't pass. He nope. won't, will not pass. He's going to find a way to jump into the corner and shoot a fadeaway or some shit, you know. Like, so. I think the easiest way to guard him is to just basically play off of him and just kind of be like, go ahead, shoot, 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 because he will chuck up 15 threes. And, you know, he, it's not like he shoots a high percentage from out there. No, so just doesn't. let him shoot. Like, you don't even – I don't even think you need to guard him out there. Just let him shoot. Yeah, well, either way, the Knicks are sort of doing themselves a disservice by winning, believe it or not. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it's – well, I mean, obviously the goal of, of every team is to win. But I think they would have been forced into, a, like, a more – a better, like, evaluation situation rather than, like, signing Aflalo, signing Robin Lopez, signing – um you know who else like Kyle O'Quinn and some of these other guys who are you know are getting minutes and sort of fooling themselves into thinking that they can like this is a team that like can can be in the mix this year. So I mean they're they're five I mean, in they're, the East. In the East, they might be able to. They, they might be able to. But basically, it's after like the three or four seed in the East. You're basically it doesn't matter. None of those teams are really going to make any noise come playoff time. Yeah, that's true. So uh, there's our our, our end rant. Like let's just put a join application in. And, you know, well, the problem is, is Phil Jackson has our job. So it's like we just we need some Joe, Joe Dolan. Or is it James Dolan to figure out? James Dolan. Yeah. James well, Dolan. that's he's honestly he's the problem. You know, is he, he, he's the main problem. But well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a New York area guy. So we, we talk about Dolan all the time and we could go on forever about that. So we'll skip it. All right. We'll see how long it takes for them to figure out that Langston Galley and Jan, Jan Grant should be getting more minutes than a Flalo and Calderon. We could be waiting all season long. For 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 what it's worth, Jose Calderon actually um and Aflalo actually played twenty and twenty five minutes to Grant's twenty six and twenty six. So they sort of got it right, um you know against the the, the Pelicans. We'll see if they if it needs to trend in the, the right direction though. We'll we'll see you know if that what? actually happens. You know what I wanted to ask, and I really don't know if you even know the answer for this. Why did Robin Lopez only play fourteen minutes I in this game? No, you know what? Did That's, he get hurt or you know was what? it just like? I Anthony think it's Davis or well, he's not matched up against Davis. It would be um, Porzingis against Davis, however bad that is. But Ashik only mm-hmm. played 15, 12 minutes, and so I th- sort of think they just matched minutes with those guys. They, they saw that um, New Orleans went smaller. You know, they threw like you know Ryan yeah. Anderson and Dante Cummings. Well, that's Johnny what I'm saying. They stuff. went with like Davis at like Davis as the center, and then mm-hmm. that would have been a bad matchup for Lopez. So they pulled him out. All right, that's yeah. probably what happened. That's what ma- what makes the most sense to me because it's not like they have like a better option. For, you know, necessarily at center or something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so that's some, um, putting a ball on and a uh, wrap on that game. Let's go ahead to move on to the next game that we have to take a look at here. And you can tell that I'm super prepared. Um, so Memphis, Minnesota. Mem- is that what you have? Yeah. Memphis, Minnesota. I've been just using one tab. I don't know, like a, like an old school dude rather than just opening up multiple yeah. tabs. Well, All I'll right. tell you what, there was, there was actually a couple interesting things in this game to me. Right. Jeff green finally got a whole yes. bunch of minutes at the two and, not you know, I mean, Jeff, minutes. he got the start. Yeah. And you know what? He's always been a guy that has the ability to blow up for, you know, a huge fantasy game. I mean, for guys who play daily fantasy, he was one of those guys that would go like 5, 10, 15 points. And then all of a sudden have 40. Yeah. So, you know, he does have the ability to do this. Uh, well, the, my issue here is that why did it take them this long to figure out that J- Jeff Green should be starting over Courtney Lee? You know, I never understood that personally. And they're like, oh, okay, they want Jeff Green to be a bench gunner. You you have offensive firepower problems in your starting five. Why are you worried yeah. about, like, bench scoring right now? You know, so I, I, yeah. I, I like the move. I think they should have done it a long time ago. No knock to Courtney Lee or whatever, but he's just not a, you know, he's like a, I don't know, bottom six, bottom seven shooting guard in the league right now. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, I was nice to see my boy Zach Levine get some run here. Didn't do a, a ton in terms of, uh, you know, the, the assist department or anything else really for that matter, but goes for 25 points, sort of flash what he can do, 8 of 15, 4 of 7 from 3, 5 of 6 from the line, all that stuff looks good. Uh, you know, would have liked him to dish the ball a bit more, but what they basically did was um, let Andre Miller run point and uh, let him uh, do his damage. The, the, here's the scary part. Um, are you looking at this box score right now? I am. You see the minutes played for Zach Levine? 
Yeah, he that, did all that in 17 minutes. That's yeah. damage right there. This is what I've been trying to tell people. This guy is a monster. 25 points in 17 minutes, and he just, you know, this this kid's like 20 years old, and he's and he's uh, bombing away from three at a good clip. This guy needs to be playing 30-plus minutes every night. I don't know how many times I'm going to say free Ricky Rubio. All right, people you know, on Twitter have been like, oh, you know, Zach Levine's plus minus. He's just not a good point guard to distribute. You know who also they said this about early, you know, earlier in his career? Russell Westbrook. They said, you know, Russell Westbrook's not a point guard. Russell Westbrook doesn't pass enough. Russell Westbrook is only averaging five assists per game, blah, 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 blah. He, he ball hogs too much, which is why, the problem with him and Kevin Durant, why they keep getting eliminated from the playoffs. But you, to me, you just let the, the, the let the talent play and let him figure out the game later on. Give the give the most talented player um, on this team minutes. You take a look at the the, the Minnesota Wolves record; they're four and six. Tell me they can't afford to have more offensive firepower in their lineup. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep making that case until they finally get it right. Um, so that's the one takeaway that I had. Carl Anthony Towns, a little bit of a quiet game, 5 of 11, 14, and, and 9. Wiggins had a nice game, but just had a, like an empty box score outside of the scoring, 21, 1, and 1 with 1. Mm-hmm. So you just, you know, you're not, not too excited about that. Somebody needs to end the Tayshaun's Prince experience. I don't know what it's going to take. I, he, and I understand that, you know, every team has like a garbage guy who's just in there to play defense and get in there. You know who's also on that team? Kevin Garnett, who essentially is a garbage guy. You know, Kevin Garnett plays 23 minutes, goes 4 for 4 with 5 rebounds and 4 assists. All fine, all nice. You know that he's not a big offensive role player, so you have two guys playing a role, and then, you know, and if you took Zach Levine out and left that intact, then you just took another guy who's the worst shooting point guard in the NBA in the last four years, shooting, what, what, 36, 38% from the field the last four years. And, you know, you want him to be involved on offense when we already have, like, you know, Grandpa KG and Tayshaun Prince in the lineup. It just doesn't make sense to me. Do yeah, and the thing the thing I hate about when teams roll out guys like Kevin Garnett and Tayshaun Prince is it takes away from, you know, the fantasy points that you can get from some of the guys who are backing them up. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, Nemanja Jelica or however you say his name. I know you probably know it. Belitza, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he's actually been putting up some decent numbers when he's been able to get some minutes in there. Yeah. And again, like you said, if you want to play, you know, maybe play Wiggins at the small forward spot a little bit, depending on the, you know, a lot of teams are going a lot smaller this year. So you can get away with that against, the, you know, most teams in the league with most matchups. You could actually maybe even try Rubio and Levine in there together. You know, this way he can get some more minutes in that spot because I'm, you know, right now, I mean, Kevin Martin hasn't shown me much and he never really has. I mean, the one thing he could do is shoot a little bit. But if he's not putting points in, you know, he's not somebody who really gives you much either. So I really just don't like this team all that much for fantasy. If you got Towns, like, late in your draft, you're probably pretty happy with what he's done so far. Um, you know, Wiggins has been a little bit of a disappointment. You know, if Levine is out there on the waiver wire because he's a backup right now, you know, like you said, if there's a situation where he gets minutes, he has always put up numbers when he's gotten minutes, so... Yeah, the way I look at this here, like if you wanted to put the best offensive lineup in this, in the in you know on the court right now, you would play Shabazz like at the four, Carnathy Towns at the five, Wiggins at the three, uh, you know Kevin Martin at the two, and Zach Levine at the one, and you would and let's just see what happens. Maybe there's just not enough ball sharing to go around in that group, so you would need somebody else to run point aside from Zach Levine. But uh, I would you know. I just every time I've looked at their lineup, I'm just like, uh, you know, this is probably not what I would have done at least in one or two different spots. So, uh, mm. you know, and that's just you know comes back to us, you know, hurting their fantasy impact overall. So let's go ahead and um, continue to rag on some other teams, and um, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing well today. I right. like it. Yeah, Portland versus Charlotte here. Um, this is some interesting stuff that I wanted to talk about. My boy Noah Vonla, another guy that I was like screaming to get some playing time in charlotte another guy who you know i i, I said this on wednesday on the wednesday show last week with uh, dj trainer i was like charlotte is where all power forward prospects go to die okay you know kwame brown um cody zeller bismack biombo uh now frank kaminsky getting dmp'd like he doesn't even deserve to be on the court over marvin williams which is like you know asinine to me and Noah Vonla, who they just gave away for parts you know, they, they, they got Nicholas Doom. Here's a free Noah Vonla uh, for you. And I thought Noah Vonla was a monster coming out of college at Indiana. I know I've talked to you before. But now he's on the radar here. Uh, 23 minutes, 
six points. I'm sorry, nine point six rebounds and assists. Uh, so that's going to be my guy to watch. I don't know if the minutes are, are going to be consistent. This is the first time he got the start, and he did start over a, a pretty decent player in Ned Davis. Um, but I would like to see him to get into the 30-minute range and see if he can actually really do damage because he's a great inside-outside player, uh, at least in college anyway. So I think he mm-hmm. has the skill set to succeed. Well, uh, Anything else that you take away from this? No, I actually was going to talk about the same thing. Uh, you know, Vonla and Ed Davis. I always feel bad for Ed Davis because I think he is a pretty solid player, and it seems everywhere he goes – it's and every time he gets a chance to start, he winds up back on the bench at some point or like in a, in a minute split with somebody. I don't know why that is. He's like, hey, there's some here's some haterade. Why don't you drink that? You know? Yeah. Um, the, I was going to say the other thing I did want to point out, you know, you have Myers Leonard, who's been on the, uh, you know, on the injured list on and off so far to start this season. Mason Plumley has actually been doing okay. He's been putting up some decent numbers. Yeah. Um, rebounding numbers have been very good on him. You know, he had 13 in this game in 24 minutes. <laughs> And I feel like he usually plays a few more minutes than that because he's been getting, you know, closer to 30 in a lot of the other games. So I don't know if it's still going to be a thing even after a guy like Leonard comes back. But while Leonard's out, if you need some cheap rebounds, I think Mason Plumlee's somebody you could pick up and, you know, plug in there who's probably available on your waiver wires right now. All right, here's a quick guess for you. Um, you tell me what you think uh, Mason Plumlee's ownership percentage is right now in Yahoo Leagues. Oh, it's probably remarkably low because in a 10-man league, I don't think people would go down that far. So I'm going to say maybe 3%. 60. <laughs> There's a lot oh, of, is it really? Yeah. People are already wow. on the train, man. He's close okay. to averaging a double-double. But that doesn't mean well, there's, still, though, there's that's opportunity. That's still 40% of people. Yeah. That's still 40% of leagues where he's available out there. So Yeah, there's still some definite opportunity there. But, like, yeah, I was he was a guy that I was sort of looking for in that same range with Robin Lopez, like around 10, round 10, round 11, round 12. You know, uh-huh. just give me a class cleaner who's going to play 30 minutes. And, you know, he fits that mold. So um, I liked him. I actually liked him in Phoenix, too, before he started just playing – sort of bad for some reason and they did the exact thing that you don't you do you never want to see which is um split the minutes 23 apiece between alex len and miles and uh, mason oh uh, yeah, yeah that's, i hated that that's the curse of death I hated that. yeah yeah so, now speaking speaking of a guy who's seeing a little more minutes right now and i'm hoping it's because he's getting healthy um how do you feel about al jefferson who had a big game on the other side or at least a big game scoring i should say his, his rebounding was still a little low i like him to bounce back a little bit i know he struggled and people sort of worried to start the season but at the end of the mm-hmm. day he's the only legitimate post presence they have he's the only guy who um you know is going to do work and and not try to hit a hit a three on that yeah. team like and and they know. actually played through him like last year they played through him a lot they dumped it inside a lot and kind of let him you know, control the offense and everything kind of came around, you know, him getting doubled and the rotations and moving the ball and everything that way. So if they're going to get back to doing that, you're going to see him, you know, get more opportunities to score and maybe even pick up a couple assists because he used to get doubled a lot, you know, swinging to a guy for a three. And he gets a lot of those hockey assists where he swings it out and somebody runs over to get that guy mm-hmm. and then the ball moves to the corner and, you know, right. someone gets an open shot or an open drive. So, you know, he's somebody who, again, which doesn't help us in fantasy, but just the fact that they're starting to run the offense through him again is going to lead to, uh, you know, some bigger points. So, like you said, if you can buy low on him, somebody in your league willing to give him up for, you know, Mason Plumley on the other side, I think you should do it. Yeah, I would totally agree with you there. So, some opportunity for you there for some people who are worried about, you know, Al Jefferson still having a lingering injury from last season or, or just off to a slow start. Do you think you can jump in there? I feel like he's, you know, could easily, the numbers that he put up last season are easily repeatable. Um, mm-hmm. Before we move on, I just want to quickly run down some injury news. Uh, George Hill ruled out for today versus Chicago. Somebody needs to call um, Wesley Snipes' hairstylist. And let him know that um, George Hill stole his haircut from what was that movie? You know what I'm talking about? Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Yes. What's up with the Demolition Man haircut, George Hill? Come on. I don't know. Come on. Now is he is he out for a while? Like, is this a situation where we should be looking to see who we can go after on the uh, waiver wire, or is this just like a you know one game? player sitting out kind of deal um upper respiratory respiratory infection so i don't really know i might okay, guess so is it would, probably like an illness yeah yeah i think it's probably going to be more than like a game or two maybe you okay. know so this is so not worth running to the waiver wire for right ricky rubio practiced on uh, tuesday status um to be determined so it looks like he's close to getting back uh, on the court much to my chagrin and to every, all mm-hmm. the zach levine owners chagrin markeith morris is battling a, a knee so he's questionable to play on monday uh, if it does sit out, it looks like John um, 
what did we say? Lure. Yeah, Lure would be the um, the guy who um, backs up Marquise Morris. He had seven points and five rebounds in just under 20 minutes last time, and he would probably draw the start. Um, we had a question on Twitter about how uh, much run some of these Dallas players are going to get. Wesley Matthews and Dirk Nowitzki are, are expected to play on Monday against the Sixers. Probably could be a short night for them anyway if they end up blowing them out. So um, there's this situation to keep an eye on. Kevin Durant, uh, according to ESPN, is at at least two more games, but is um, seeing marked improvement in his uh, hamstring injury. So uh, looks left hamstring strain. So it looks like he's going to be closer uh, to returning. Trevor Reza has a groin injury. He's questionable for Monday. And Chandler Parsons looking to get back on the court. He's looking for 20 minutes um, you know, uh, to get into the action here. And Robert Covington, who's been battling an MCL strain, uh, looks uh, like he will be on a minute restriction, but does expect to return to the lineup on Monday versus Dallas. So those are your Monday uh, injury rundown. All right, let's, let me get your take here on the next box score that we got to talk about here, Benny. Uh, we're looking at – who are we looking at? I had this open, and I lost it. Utah and Atlanta? Yes, Utah Atlanta. Let's talk about the Utah and Atlanta. Um, Paul Millsap been balling out of control as of, as of late. Are you buying into this increased production overall, or um, what else do you make out of this uh, Sunday box score? Yeah, I mean, I really like Millsap. The thing that I think people forget about with him is he's so durable that he's playing, not only is he playing every game, but he's playing like 36 minutes every game. So he's a good fantasy producer across the board and he's playing a ton of minutes so if you get a guy that can contribute you know basically i mean look at his stat line here he had six rebounds two assists a steal two blocks and 28 points so he literally gave you stats in every category across the board and he did it in 36 minutes so he plays the most minutes on atlanta he's on the floor the most and he's one of their best per minute producers so i have always liked him for season long i think he's a great guy to have because he gives you a little bit of everything all the way across the board and he contributes in the blocks and steals categories which are always some of the tougher ones to get yeah i like that overall he's just really sort of taking his game to the next step i really want him to rebound more than he has i don't know what it is with atlanta it's like everybody's allergic to 10 rebounds on that team for some reason but it doesn't matter because they keep winning so you know what it's because every single guy on their team has like five or six every right like they get they get a couple from the guards they get a couple you know everybody everybody chips in in there they're very unselfish as a team in every way like even look at the box score 28 16 16 11 11 like you know every single guy contributes when they play it's not like you know you have to stop player a or player b like they get a little bit out of everybody and that's what makes them so solid yeah, and there's something else to pay attention to here with the Atlanta Hawks. Jeff Teague is battling an ankle injury, so he's currently uh, questionable. Schroeder got the start there. Also, um, uh, Kent Bazemore is also um, questionable for Tuesday's game, so something to keep in mind. I, I'm in a weekly league, and I opted not to lock him into the lineup because I was worried about missing two or two or three games. He had another nice stat line, though, 16 points, three rebounds, three assists, and a steal. So he's another guy that just sort of chips in a uh, across the board uh rudy gobert came back and helped me win my head-to-head matchup just in the nick of time 11 and 11 with three blocks so that was very nice um what do you make here about the whole uh who am i thinking of here uh alec burks rodney hood duel because both these guys were performing pretty well and both these guys are pretty getting pretty good minutes yeah, I actually like both of them a little bit. Um, they're probably both guys that were either late draft picks or somebody that was on the waiver wire. They're both playing around like 25 to 30 minutes, and they're both putting up decent numbers. So I would like to see one or the other of them out because that would probably give more minutes or at least a starter share of the minutes. But, I mean, right now, even in this last game, you had Hood play 36 minutes. You had Burke play 28 minutes. I mean, that's basically starters' minutes. These are guys that you should be considering – you know, at the very least as bench players on your team at this point. Yeah, I like that overall. So it looks like you can get value. And, and the one thing I think that uh, I'll say is that Burks is a little bit more of like an all-around contributor. He's got six mm-hmm. rebounds, two assists, and, you know, and he's almost as good of a scorer. So I think Hood is a little bit better of a scorer. And you see Hood, Hood has been bombing away from three, four of nine from three in this game. Uh, in the one point win over Atlanta. So if you want more overall scoring and more three point shooting, it's probably good. If you want a little bit more complete box score, it's Alec Burks. Um, but either way, these guys are both um, worth owning uh, in your fantasy lineups. So um, I'm probably going to see if I can get a couple shares from the, uh, there for, for cheap in a trade. Like I, I want, I would want those guys to be like a throw in that people don't consider, you know, as you know, paying too much. If I feel like 
uh, I have the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and move on here to Boston versus OKC. Your take on this Sunday box score. Um, the one thing I've been noticing about the Celtics that I really kind of don't like is everybody kind of plays a little bit of minutes. Nobody's really playing huge minutes on that team. Marcus Smart played a lot of minutes in this game, and I don't know how I really feel about you know that situation. I like Isaiah Thomas. I think he should be the starting point guard. I think he should be on the floor for 35 minutes. But you got Avery Bradley, you got Evan Turner, you got Marcus Smart. I feel like there's just so many of those guys that basically are two guards. You know, I know they play Evan Turner at the small forward spot a little bit, but you know, you basically have just a log jam of guys there. And I don't really know how I feel about having all those guys there. Like, do you expect Smart to score 26? You know, I mean, I don't expect him to, you know, basically do have the, have the kind of game that he had here all that often. And that's kind of what I hate about this team. Because even if you look at the forward spot, Amir Johnson's getting some minutes. Sellinger's getting some minutes. Um, who else do they have there? There's like three or four guys who they're giving some minutes to. And... You know, really, nobody's putting up any big, big numbers. You're getting, you know, a little bit out of everybody. This was actually one of their better games. The one thing I do like, though, is Boston's playing really fast this year. They have one of the fastest paces in the league. So you are able to support all this right now. But I don't know. Like, I feel like all these guys are just guys on the bottom of the roster. It's not anybody I really want to have on my, you know, season-long fantasy team that I have faith with big upsides. Yeah, the one thing I will say is Jay Crowder has been a guy who has been stuffing the stats in terms. He didn't get a steal in this game, but um, you know he's been a, a nice Swiss Army type guy, sort of Damari Carroll, Kent Bazemore, doing a little bit of everything, and I think he still leads the league in steals or steals per game. So he's been crushing from that aspect. So he's a guy that I trust, and this is interesting that actually it's like 24 minutes is probably among the lowest I've seen him play in minutes wise uh, throughout the season. So. Um, but I'm with you. You really just, I mean, I, you can trust, I for whatever reason, Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart for minutes and not a whole lot else. I mean, Jared Solinger's getting minutes overall. He had a nice rebounding performance for 15 boards there. Um, yeah. But other than that, you really don't care so, too much. Is, did David Lee get hurt? They still got David Lee, don't they? They do have David Lee. David Lee's just he been shifted into, game? yeah, he played 13 minutes. Right, 13 minutes, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I don't know, you know, every game I feel like Kelly Olynyk played 16 minutes in this game. Mm-hmm. Didn't he have like a huge game the other night where he played like 30 minutes? It's a merry-go-round, like man. Like, yeah. that, it's so hard to predict, and that's what I hate about it because, you know, if you start a guy, you know, even at this point, these are guys that are on my bench, and if I'm playing in like a league that, you know, accrues stats daily, these are guys that I'm kind of mixing into my lineup as somebody else has a day off. And even then, you never know what you're going to get out of half of the forwards on this team. You know, the the safest minutes are probably Thomas and Smart. But other than that, it's, you know, it's basically a crapshoot. Yeah, absolutely. I totally uh, 100% agree. All right. So, um, yeah, Boston is mostly a fade with maybe the exception of, of Smart and Isaiah Thomas right now. Um, what do you take? What's your take on here on the other side uh, of the ball? How should you um, be approaching any of these OKC players for fantasy impact? Well, I mean, obviously with Durant out, if you had Westbrook, you were starting him every day anyway. But with no Durant, he becomes quite possibly the top overall fantasy option that we have. You know, I mean, last year in that situation, he put up some absolutely monster numbers, was a triple-double threat every time he stepped on the floor. So with the ran out, you got to be loving what you're going to be getting out of Westbrook for the next week or two. I also think that Serge Ibaka gets a little bit of an uptick. I really don't like Serge Ibaka's offensive game. I have to be honest. I know people talk about, oh, you know, he, he can shoot and he can do all this and that. He still doesn't shoot a very high you know, percentage from outside of the lane, basically. But when they don't have Durant, he takes it upon himself, even if the team doesn't want him to, to be the number two scorer. So he does take a lot more shots. So he's another guy you got to look at while they're out. Outside of that, though, I don't think there's anybody that I'd really be running to the waiver wire to get and throw on my roster. Um, probably the only other two guys that I would consider would be like Adams or Canther. And it's not like either one of them are doing a whole ton right now either. Like Roberson to me, I have I want nothing to do with Anthony Morrow, Dion Waiters, DJ Augustine. You know, people were talking, oh, Kyle Sigler's getting to start the other. That's great. I don't care. I don't want any of those guys on my team. So uh, you yeah. know, I'm with you 100 percent where I stand. All right, fair enough. I'm with you 110. percent I think you get an uptick in Waiters and Cantor for the most part with KD out, but it's really just the Russell Westbrook show. And you know, Baco is what he was. 
probably not too much of a uptick there either way. So <laughs> let's take a, take a look at Sacramento, Toronto here. This is a, another game, another monster performance from Demarcus Cousins. Another nice performance from Rajon Rondo. Not as nice as the games before, but still very very good. Turnovers were a little bit high, but um, he did you know um, produce seven points, seven rebounds, and fourteen assists. And you love the fact that he's he might be leading the league league in assists right now. Uh, Rudy Gay comes back from an illness that hospitalized him to score twenty seven and six. So that was a nice performance overall. Then I think the rest of everybody else in Sacramento is just forgettable. If you aren't playing Rondo, Rudy Gay, or Demarcus Cousins, you really don't want any shares of anybody else on that side. Are you with me on that? One one hundred percent. Those are the three guys that I would want. Um, you know, I'm I'm interested to see if Rondo, <clears throat> excuse me, if Rondo can keep up what he's doing when Collison comes back. Which I think they said Collison's out for a little while, right? Collison's scheduled to come back on their next games on Wednesday, so he's scheduled to play, but maybe on a minutes restriction. So okay. we'll see. He actually was getting you know close to starters minutes playing alongside Rondo to to begin the season and was playing now, fairly well. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what do you what do you think you could get? for rondo in a trade right now with the way he's been playing well you what you should get or what you can get Those are well two. i'm saying if people have rondo on their team what what do you think would be some you, of the guys who they would you should, they should offer for and settle for if somebody gives them a counter is so probably the best way to say that okay very good question i think the like the short answer is a top 30 player Okay, and just if you want to get like and get specific with players here, let's see. Okay, I own Rondo. I'm going to sort by all players in my fantasy league, and I'm going to take a look at. Um, I guess we should take a look at O rank. That would probably be a better indication. Mm. I would, I would not take Nikola Vucevic in a trade for Rondo right now. Um, let me see where Rondo's rank is, just just for, you know, just for kicks. I mean, he didn't have a huge first couple games, but I mean, since if you could do it like since Collison's been out over the last, how long has Collison been out? Two weeks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, Rondo has been putting up just absolutely eye popping stats during that time, but he's also been playing forty something, forty five, forty eight minutes to do it. That's why I said with Collison back, I think you might have seen the apex for Rondo at this point. You know, not because he's not playing well, just because he's not going to see the same number of minutes. So he's not going to accrue all the stats that he has been. Yeah, he's pulled himself his rank into the top 60. I think he's worth more than that. Personally, I think he's, you know, easily a top 50 player. So maybe I need to adjust my reasonable expectations here. Okay, um, let's see here. Um... I would I would strongly consider well here's a question do oh do we just want any player in the top fifty or does it have to be like a, comp- a comparable player like a guard for a guard do you care or just oh no I mean I I'm just thinking if I you know if I had Rondo mm-hmm. you know on my team he was probably somebody that I got kind of late in the draft and at this point I feel like you know with the triple doubles he's put up in the last two weeks and the way he's been playing. There's a good chance that you're not going to get his value isn't going to be any higher than it is right now, um, you know, for the rest of the season. Because even though he'll still be putting up decent numbers, I don't think he's going to play the kind of minutes and have the kind of eye-popping stats that he's had over the last two weeks. So this might be the time where you can trade him at his at his apex. And I'm thinking if you're going to trade him now at his apex, like what would you take in return based on the fact that he's still going to have a good probably end of the season so you don't want to give him up for nothing, but you know what would you be trying to steal if you could? I would take um, Victor Oladipo in a trade right now. Do you think that's about fair? The, the, the Oladipo has struggled with the shot for the most part um, to start the season. Uh, has been injured, is now battling concussions, so his stock is a little bit low. Only, uh, averaging under 15 points per game this season as well. He's been outscored on multiple occasions by Evan Fournier. So, you know, people have been kind of wondering what's going on with Oladipo right now. And I think that's like the perfect storm of sell high, buy low, buy low opportunity with Oladipo. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think I could settle for that. I think I would ask for more and see if, if that was, you know, what I wound up with at the bottom. Like, I really think there are people out there that are going, you know, goo-goo over what uh, Rondo's doing, thinking mm-hmm. that he's going to be like Westbrook being a triple triple-double guy the way I've been hearing people talk about him. So I think right now I would, I would try – I would aim for the moon, you know, probably not a first-rounder, but if I could get a guy who was like a second-round, maybe even a third-round draft pick off of somebody for Rondo right now, 
I think I would do that in a heartbeat. Like a Lamar, like I would offer Rondo for Lamarcus Aldridge right now. That's actually a pretty good bet there because people are sort of like starting to get worried or realize that right Aldridge is that, not the Portland version of Aldridge that they paid right. for. And he know. plays on the Spurs, and he's not going to be the star. Like I think you could steal a Lamarcus Aldridge for Rajon Rondo right now, and I think you're getting Aldridge at the lower end of what he can do, and I think you're getting Rondo kind of towards the top end of of what you're going to see out of him. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, uh, flipping over to the Toronto side here. Uh, Damari Carroll plays in this contest. He scores 17-4. and four. Luis Scola, you continue to not care about. Valanciunas, you continue to not care about, care about unless you own him. I never own the guy because I never trust him. And he has validated that thought for me. Again, 20 minutes, 2 of 9. Um, you know, doesn't even get fouled. Like, uh, DeMarcus Cousins has a history of getting opposing centers in foul trouble, and that's how he you know creates problems on, uh, for other teams in their matchups and stuff. JV didn't even foul the guy; he only had two fouls, but still only played twenty minutes. So I think they tried to go with the, like the more physical Bismack Biombo up, up, you know, and that didn't work. You know, Bismack Biombo comes up with six points, sorry, four rebounds and 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 six six rebounds, four points, and four fouls. Uh, against DeMarcus Cousins, who ends up scoring 36. So it didn't really matter who they put in there. Nobody's stopping the guy. Um, and then Kyle Lowry did what he and DeMar DeRozan do. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan thing, scoring 22 and 24 with uh, 7 and 5 assists in a losing effort. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we need yeah. to pay attention too much here. Corey Joseph had a good game off the bench for 17 and 4. That's going to be a little bit tough to sustain game in and game out, but probably worth a look in deeper leagues. Yeah, I would pretty much agree completely. The only two guys that I'm really looking at on Toronto at all. If you have Lowry, I think that's pretty good. If you have DeRozan, I think you start him because he puts up decent numbers. And, you know, I might like Valachunas a little more than you do. I I just feel like rebounds are at a premium. So I always kind of, if you guys haven't noticed, you know, I always kind of keep my eyes on the centers and power forwards. Those are guys that I tend to, uh, you know, tend to stream throughout the year and pick up just for the blocks and and the rebounding stats they can give me. Um, but other than that, there's not much there. All right, fair enough. Before we move on to the final game, I want to let you know that fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Uh, once again this week, DraftKings will be hosting yet another million, million, millionaire maker event with over a million dollars going to first place. So go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. All right, let's go ahead and cover the last game that we have on the slate here. We got Detroit and the L.A. Lakers. Detroit um, comes up short. They're now 5-5. Five and five. Lakers get a much-needed win. Kobe Bryant, um, once again, very efficient, MVP level here, uh, Benny. 6 of 19 uh, <laughs> for with 8 rebounds and 9 assists. Those you know, ancillary numbers look great. And if he was like a you know number 4 hitter for the Dodgers, you would, you would feel good about 6 for 19, but being that he plays basketball not so good overall yeah uh i mean we've kind of said it before you know you you hate to see it happen because he was such a great player but at this point you know he shouldn't be playing 36 minutes right now there's there's better options that they have out there he will compile stats because he's out on the floor a lot you know again eight rebounds nine assists two steals you know 17 points some people look at that and say he had a good game but six of 19 one of four from three-point line you know, I mean, this this was not a very good game for him. I've said it before. I would still rather see Jordan Clarkson get a lot more minutes. I really like that kid. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be very good. Um, and I think Kobe's actually out today, too, if you're listening to the spot on Monday. I'm pretty sure that they're giving him the day off today. So today would be a good day to make sure you have Clarkson on your roster if you do have him on your team. Um, on the other side of this game, though, I mean, basically you're looking at Drummond, and Reggie Jackson actually had a bad game, but... You know, I don't understand that. Usually the Lakers are a team that point guards absolutely destroy. Um, so I'm kind of glad that, you know, I don't have any Reggie Jackson on my team because I would have been pretty upset about the numbers that he put up in this one. Uh, Drummond is a guy you play every day if you have him in your roster. I like Marcus Morris, even though his numbers have been dropping a little bit. If you got him late in the draft, I think he's a pretty solid guy to make sure you keep on your team. Uh, other than that, though, you know who's a guy who's been kind of you know, driving me a little bit nuts. How do you feel about Julius Randle? Because some games he looks great. Other games he looks like he doesn't even know how to play basketball when he's out there. You know what it is? It's just like a, a volume thing, too. Like, what? What is? it's just what we keep saying over and over. Like, Kobe needs to get off this roster. If you would see a lot more touches and a lot more usage if he wasn't jacking up 19 shots 
for mm-hmm. you know for Julius Randle to just have three of eight with eight rebounds. So there's no there the only yeah. problem with and then and thirty minutes too. It's not like he was out there for ten minutes and put up those stats. Like he played thirty minutes, he only got eight shots. Like mm-hmm. you know that that kills it for fantasy because what kind of numbers can he give you in that case? Yeah. So I mean, we just I think his his value is just going to get you know murked overall by Kobe Bryant and you know his lack of ability to distribute the ball having said that Kobe did have nine assists but those assists just for the most part didn't go to Julius Randle so I just don't like what's happening on offense overall with the Lakers and Kobe Bryant taking way too much shots for the guy who's might be the fourth best shooter on the team right now mm-hmm. so um but yeah he's gonna he's been hurting Randle and I, th- I think he just sort of like insanity you need to be off of Randle because you know he is can't average 10 points a game and you know you want to to be 10 somewhere, 10 rebounds or 10 points, and he's not either right now. So it's a little bit of a tough situation. Um, and then, then on the other side of the ball, too, here, uh, Marcus Morris is beginning to struggle, but we already know that Stanley Johnson, according to Stan Van Gundy, said he's not ready for more minutes at the, at the three. So everybody can hold their horses there. Uh, Reggie Jackson got benched down the stretch, but Stan Van Gundy said he feels like he's been overworking him and playing him too much minutes. So, so nothing to okay. read into uh, that mm-hmm. overall. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, you know, did you know what he likes to do, which is gun away and shooting four for fifteen. So he's another guy who shot them out of this game. And then Andre Drummond with seventeen and seventeen, like it's nobody's business. So not too much really to, you know, derive from here. Ilyasova was terrible, but he's terrible a good portion of the time as well. So um, you know they deserve to lose. And they lost by twelve and could have definitely been worse. But if you own any of these players for fantasy, they're probably their stock probably hasn't changed too much from from this game uh, game in and game out. No concerns about Ray Jackson either. Um, all right, I think that covers the uh, in-game uh, box scores. Before we get into uh, the next segment, our all-rookie team here, I want to cover some quick Twitter questions. But before we want to do that, just want to quickly review and let people know that you know when we're talking about our projections and figuring out how we come up with the numbers and who we should play and who we like uh, for pickups and ads here in season-long leagues, uh, don't forget that you can get all the same information that we are using here on rotowire.com for a free trial. So all you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod and you know they can take advantage of all the season-long projections for NBA, NFL, NHL, for soccer, um, for uh, Pro Beach Volleyball, for, you know, for um, what's that one scraping thing that you do in the Olympics, Benny? You know, oh, uh, curling. curling? Yeah. I'm, I don't know where it is on the site, but I'm pretty sure there's a curling projection somewhere. On No, but in all seriousness, there's a lot of great projections, uh, information, customizable uh, content there. A lot of DFS optimizers for all you DFS players as well for every sport, NBA, NFL, yep. NHL, soccer, um, college football. Benny knows what I'm talking about. We've, we're talking about these projections every single day on the shows mm-hmm. that we host. So, um, yeah, we both use this stuff. It's great information, and you can get a 10-day free trial, rotowire.com slash pot. So make sure you check that out and get the information. Get Know what we know. Get the information that we're using right here for this very show um, for free on a trend on a 10-day trial. All right, let's go ahead and handle some quick Twitter questions before we move forward um, into our all um, rookie team for 2015. I think I don't know if we had one question or two questions. Do you remember off offhand? I don't, to be honest with you. Okay, I think we had Steve Reed, who's on Twitter at Steve, ten twenty nine eighty, said, um, "Good morning. Would you hang on to Markeith Morris and a Flalo or drop um, drop Levine and Terrence Jones long term in a head to head league? So Morris, a Flalo, or." Um, and, or, or, so those are the two guys you could potentially add Terrence Jones and Zach Levine. What would you do? Um, I think I would definitely get rid of a Flalo and add Terrence Jones. Mm-hmm. I would rather have Jones than a Flalo, but I don't know if he's asking it like he needs a, a, gu- a backup guard. Like if it's I drop a Flalo to pick up Levine, you know, because you're basically going to be having a couple power forwards in that case then if you drop a Flalo and pick up Jones. So. If there's utilities in your league or you can you know, you're able to do that where it's not gonna hurt you. I like Jones more than I like a Flalo. I would like Levine more if I knew he was gonna get the minutes. Right. Um I think I still might like Levine over a Flalo too, but I think I'd rather have Jones, which is why I said that. How right. how do you feel about that? I'm with you hundred percent. Jones is the player with the most upside in this deal that's getting minutes right now and the upside of Levine um, you know, should be appealing to fantasy owners and you don't really have to feel like you're lost so much if you sacrifice a follow, a follow in order to take that into the deal. So 110% with you. I uh, found the other question that we needed that I promised that we would answer on, on today's show. This one comes in from uh, Matt uh, Dion 07. He got offered Anthony Davis and Horford for Batum. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Anthony Davis for Al Holford and Nicholas Batum. So two for one. He already has Curry and Harden. Um, should he do it? Ten team head to head. Uh, nine categories. Right, so. Wait, it was Anthony Davis for Batum and who? Horford. Horford. I, and which one does he have? He, he has Horford and Batum. I take it. Yeah, I think I make that deal too. It's a fair price too. You it's know, a ten, it's a ten-team league too. Ten-team head-to-head. Yeah, which means yeah, so there's probably yeah, yeah. head-to-head. You got to take that. You got to take Anthony Davis. You could probably still get some solid options either. On your bench or, or off of the uh, waiver wire. Ten team, I definitely do something yeah. like that. Ten team, there's enough good replacement players on the wire for you not to worry about the talent that you lost. Yeah, you know, get the studs. Right, get exactly. the studs. Take the best player. Whenever you have a chance to take the best player in the air, usually it's in most cases it's worth it. All right. Let's go ahead and hit it, Benny. All um let's see here. All um rookie team for 2015-2016. We've got like ten games in the season ish for most of these teams. Which rookies are for real and which rookies are looking like frauds okay i am basically gonna start with some of the frauds okay all right and it's not so much their fault a lot of the times with rookies it has a lot to do with playing time and you know how they fit into the team and who right. the team has We're not in their position openly criticizing them because they can't yeah. control this but mm-hmm. you know they just stink for fantasy purposes. That's all we're trying yes, to say. Yes, you know? exactly. And, I mean, one guy who actually is getting time who is killing me, let's start right at the top here, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Yep. To me, he has incredibly underperformed. I'm going to throw out, like, seven or eight names of guys that I do like or who I think are having a good season so far. He is not going to be one of them. Yep. Um, another guy whose talent I really like but I would put on the bottom list is also uh, Mario Hizonia. Um Hizonia, I mean... You know, I've watched this guy play. I saw him play in the World Championships. I've seen him, you know, mm. in preseason doing some, uh, you know, N one mixtape type stuff out there on the floor. Yeah, did you see uh, where he like um, spun his booty on the floor and then you know got up and then put it between the guy's legs and then he like threw it off the glass and then you know pulled the guy's shorts down and then like three other people ooped it to each other like NBA Jam style. Yeah, it's you know he has a lot of flash in his game and I mean I think he's got a lot of talent but right now he's not getting a ton of minutes and he's kind of stuck behind you know guys like Fournier, Fournier, yeah. yeah who who has basically been great so I mean I can't knock Orlando for not playing the kid but uh you know again fifth overall pick I just think that he's not doing much for that spot he looks good in um, warm-ups that's the upside yeah he does he looks great in warm-ups because he can dunk and he can do all this crazy stuff and shoot 35 foot three-pointers but and what I meant again, is like he looks know, like he's cozy like, you know, like he feels like, oh, my body's at 73 degrees. This is a comfortable temperature. I hope I don't have to take off this warm-up jacket. That's what I meant. Yeah. I, you meant okay. something different. Uh, I was just yes. wanted to clarify. Okay. Yeah, same, same thing. Now, I mean, w- would you agree that those are probably two of the bigger disappointments or guys yeah, that you kind of expect overall, a little more out of? Because you thought Hazonia was going to – okay, I was like, well, this could be like Mono Ginobili, you know, come in and just make it rain off the bench, score, play 25, 28 minutes, and just shoot from all areas of the court and score. You know, and it really right. just hasn't panned out to be that. So yeah, that's wow. um, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like he's somebody that, especially coming off the preseason where he looked pretty good, like there's a lot of hypes around him, and I feel like he hasn't done it. And like I said, Russell hasn't lived up to the second overall pick. Um, a lot somebody of rookie, I, rookie hate from coaches. You know what I mean? So oh yeah, yeah, that has a lot to do with it. I, I would agree. Um, another guy who I know that you know you're always mad about, um, you know Frank Kaminsky. You know, again, I don't really blame him like it's his fault, but, you know, the guy was the ninth overall pick and he's not seeing the court. Nope. Another guy who looks good in warm-ups, um, probably drinking way too much Gatorade, you know, for for the amount of time he's actually playing, sipping sipping Gatorade on the, on the bench, not doing mm-hmm. too much. So, yep, he's another one. Another disappointment, not his fault because he was actually getting some level of run, but not as much run as I, might, as I would have liked. But now he's getting no run because he's injured. Is Miles Turner? Miles Turner. Yeah, that was the other so. guy on my list of guys that have disappointed me so far. But let's get to the fun part of the list: the guys who the ballers. Uh, you know the guy, the guys who have been doing well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, you start at the top. Tone. Uh, you got Carl Anthony Towns. You got uh, Jaleel Okafor. Yep. Both of those guys have been absolutely great to me. To In start the mix the for season. rookie of the year, both those two. Yes, mm-hmm. I think that they're they're two of the better ones. Right. Um, Porzingis is okay. I think that he's a guy who's still still a couple years away. Like I think that Towns and Okafor are guys that are now in your lineup and will probably be there for, I don't know, the next seven to ten years, barring any injuries. 
those guys I think are are building block kind of guys. I don't know if Porzingis is that guy, but it looks like he's a lot better than I think some people originally feared that he was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like it's as horrendous a pick as I did on draft night when I admittedly did not know a ton about this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think he's been okay. He's obviously still has some flaws in his game. He still needs to learn how to play a little bit more, and he still needs to make some better decisions out there. But I don't think that was a horrible pick for them. I think that he's an okay guy that you know you got to kind of talk about as being in the mix as well. Are you saying that Porzingis needs like a life coach? You know what I mean? Like he's not making the proper decisions with his life, and you know he's might be steering being steered on the wrong path. Are you talking about just on the court decisions? I'm talking about his on the court life coach of Carmelo Anthony. You know that's <laughs> probably not the greatest role model. Like I don't, I like the kid. I don't want to see him go down yeah. the path to be the superstar that chucks up a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows he's talented, but nobody wants to play with. I don't want to see that happen to him. So, okay, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, that's the wrong life coach for sure. He might get a good like assortment of headbands that he can hook him up with. You know, for that cheap. is true. Yeah, I mean, Porzingis in a headband, I can't even, I, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Um, okay, so there's a couple other guys now. Um, some of them who are playing, well, well, the one guy who I, I actually think is probably my favorite point guard option to this point of the year is uh, Emmanuel Moutier. Mm-hmm. I think that you got to put him at the top of that list. Uh, he hasn't been spectacular, but remember, this kid's 19. So he should basically be like a freshman or sophomore in college right now. Mm-hmm. And he's going up there every night in the West against some of the best point guards in the league. So I, I give him a little bit of, uh, <clears throat> you know, a little bit of reprieve. And it's not like he's been playing horrible. He's been doing okay. So he's probably my favorite. And then the other four guys who I think would be getting close to this list for me for who would be the fourth guy to be on, uh, you know, my top five All-NBA rookie team. You got guys like Justice Winslow, who's played great defense, played a lot of minutes, but hasn't really produced well for fantasy. Um, probably more of a better real-life player that's more valuable to a team than a fantasy player with some of the stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley Johnson hasn't been getting as many minutes as I had anticipated, but he's been every bit as good, um, and he fits into that team's role. Again, I don't know if he's getting enough minutes to really be a, you know, a, a huge fantasy contributor this season, but... If Morris gets hurt or something happens over there, you know, KCP goes down, I think you could see him getting some more time. Uh, the other two guys, you got Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who was a first-round pick this year. Uh, he's actually started a couple games for the Brooklyn Nets. Doesn't have huge upside, but again, he's getting some minutes and he's putting up some decent numbers. The guy who I know you're a big fan of, so I want to hear you know your take on him too, um, Jerry and Grant from the New York Knicks, who we yep. talked about a little earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's I think he's been great in the limited minutes that they have, and I'd actually like to see him play a little more and see what he can do with it. Yep, athletic one. I th- he uh, reminds me, um, like this is extreme, okay? But I'm just talking about from a size, like slashing skill perspective, a little bit of like a Penny Hardaway. Now, Penny Hardaway was like a special player when he came out of college, and like he was ready to be like a dominating scorer and had like natural point guard skills from jump. Okay, so I don't want. I'm not trying to tell you that Jaron Grant, like you have like you know Penny 2.0 sitting on your bench, but like thin frame, tallish point guard, guy who can slash and pass. I don't know uh, enough about his jumper to really make an assessment there, but that's sort of like I was like, oh, okay, this guy, you know, should be would be a problem uh, in terms of uh, you know being on the court. He's like a guy who has got length and size for a point guard. And, you know, similar to, you know, Michael Carter-Williams, which you like on the defensive end, like just a long-rangey guy who can get a bunch of steals. And looks like he has a better offensive game than Michael Carter-Williams. So I was actually, you know, like sort of encouraged. But, you know, when you pay Jose Calderon, you know, $275 billion to play point guard for you, now you're sort of stuck in that situation. So Was that pesos? Is that what they paid him in pesos? <laughs> I don't know what it was. What it, <laughs> Seems a little bit high. it was like Bitcoin or something. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Whatever it was, it was exorbitant for any salary that you're paying right now for any anything rather than like a minimum deal at this point in his career for what he brings is exorbitant. So uh, there you have it. All right, yeah, I think we've basically covered all the guys that are interesting for fantasy impact and some guys that we are sort of disappointed in, but it's very early in the season. We just want to give you like a our take person on how the rookies are faring overall. Some of them are making some, some big-time fantasy impact, but like we say every season, most of them just aren't ready to play. 
or the coaches don't mm-hmm. think they're ready to play and they don't get the minutes, which is all that really comes down to for fantasy impact uh, and how you can use them. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. So thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget you can check out the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. Be sure to give us a rating review. Don't forget to subscribe. You can always follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.